Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. You have been entrusted with and gifted with a ministry here on the earth. Amen. You have a work to do. Amen. And in fact, what we're going to see is this, that unless you do the work that you have to do, God will not do what he must do. That's a powerful statement. And and, you know, immediately when you say that, some people say, well, God's all powerful. He is. He's all sovereign. Yes, he's in control. He is. But he has in his power and in his sovereignty limited himself. To be in covenant with the redeemed People on the earth, you and I, with the church. And, you know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, what Pastor preached on for seven different weeks about three habits of the good life, particularly our witness. God has no voice in the earth unless your voice speaks for him. God has no hands to lay on the sick unless you stretch forth your hands. The feet of God are the feet which are on the end of your limbs. The gospel will go where you and I take it. And there are prayers that must be prayed by the lips of faithful believers, you and I, so that we can receive what God wants to be done on the earth. He has in His total sovereignty, in His power, limited Himself. He has chosen to limit Himself what He will do on the earth based on what we ask. Pastor was reading out of James chapter 1, and if you flip to James chapter 4, it simply says this boldly, plainly, you have not because you ask not. And so let's get about the business of bold asking. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 is what we're going to use as our main point of focus, starting at verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Of course, this first few verses we're going to read, we, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's in Matthew 6 as well. A little, just slightly different in that, but same exact teaching that Jesus taught. Of course, he taught this many times over to the disciples. And in Luke 11, what we see, what we call the Lord's Prayer, really, I've changed my calling of what it is because really it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. Because the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he said, in this manner, pray. Really, the Lord's Prayer is John 17. When he's praying to the Father, interceding for you and I, the disciples then, and everyone that would believe his word through them, which is you and I. So let's start with verse 1, Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when Jesus ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Before we move on, I just want you to notice what he said. What was the request of the disciple? Lord, teach us to pray. Notice he didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. They were, they were devout Jewish men. They were covenant people of Israel. They had listened and heard and seen rabbis and teachers and Pharisees and Sadducees dictate the law, instruct from the word. 
They knew method. They knew formulas. They knew, if you will, the instruction manual type of, well, this is what we do when we come to the temple. This is what we do in the outer courts, the inner courts, the holy of holies. This is how we bring about the sacrifice. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they saw in his life something that he was doing. It imaged the same physicality of bowing and kneeling and worshiping and speaking to God. But the results he got were entirely, totally different and out of this world. And that caused their hearts to burn and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Show us how to talk to the Father. Really, they didn't say Father at that point. In fact, let's go on and read verse 2. It says, So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. Why don't we just go ahead and say that? Say, Our Father in heaven. One more time. Say, Our Father in heaven. You have a ministry of intercession. You have a prayer ministry. You have a responsibility, each and every one of us. It's not something where an angel of the Lord walks into your room and says, I have now appointed you to pray prayers of intercession, to pray for other people. Let's just go ahead and define what intercession means. Praying for others. Someone say praying for others. You have an obligation to pray for others. You have a responsibility because of who is inside you, the Spirit of God, making you alive unto the Father by the power of the redemptive work of Christ, because of who is in you, because of the word you have received, you and I have a responsibility to pray prayers for others. Pray prayers for our church, the churches around us, the churches of our state and our nation, of the nations of the earth, to pray for the lost. Do we need any more motivation? I tell you what, you know, maybe some of the easiest way to get some motivation to run to your prayer closet is flip on any news station for about three and a half minutes. I don't care what brand you like. Uh, you know, look, they all pump in agendas regardless. Gone are the days of reporting news. Now are the days of supporting and pumping opinions, regardless. It may be an opinion I like or don't like, but I know this, they're not telling me anything new. Sin kills, steals, destroys. And as long as the sinful heart of men relish in wickedness, they'll be killing, stealing, and destroying. Just different people, different places, different times, different ways. We have to pray. We, everyone watching on the live stream, anyone that hears the replay of this, we as a whole, the body of Christ over the earth, must come into a place of fervent, effectual, prayer for our church. And when I say our church, I literally mean this place called Gospel Tabernacle, but the body of Christ as well. You know, just mentioning things about news and whatnot. I saw a, a Barna report. It's amazing. It, it makes you wonder, you know, at first I, I laughed and I think maybe I should weep instead. I saw a Barna report. It reports on things concerning the church. 88% of Christians say the church doors should still be closed today. In America. In America. 88%. Well, that right there just goes to show you why the, our nation is in the situation it is in. Shut the doors of the church and in a few months the whole place is on fire. Divisiveness. Restrain, try to. No force in hell 
can come against the church. No force in hell can come against the church. If the church takes hold of the force within itself, the Holy Ghost, and marches forth in defiance of what a world will say against it, no force in hell can stop the church. Pastor said it. Be you a doer of the word. I can shout, scream, and quote Matthew 16, 17, and 18. Bless God in the name of the Lord Jesus, I bind up devils. And no weapon of hell can form against us, will prosper. But if I don't get about the business of working the word in my life, in my prayers for others, soul winning, witnessing, giving, testifying, it ain't gonna I won't receive what God has promised. Amen. Satan is walking about like a lion, roaring, seeking whom he can devour, right? He's constantly looking for opportunities to jump on, to pounce on people. And I'm thinking here, my God, we have to pray. I have to pray. Obviously, whatever I'm doing is not enough. Because if God is a prayer answering God, if he will answer the prayers of his word, which he has made a contract by the blood of Jesus, then something has to break and change. I cannot be denied. I will not be. And that's the, that's the mentality Christ wants us to have. Amen. That which Christ has paid for, it is ours. And no devil in hell, whether it comes on <laughs> CNN, Fox News, whatever voice they may use to trumpet it with, will stand against the church. Amen. Verse 2, our Father in heaven, you're doing the business and the work of the Father. When you pray prayers, you're praying a relationship prayer. You're talking to your father. It's not a stranger. It's not someone far off. It is a completely new thing that Jesus just spoke here. When you pray, pray to your father. Pray to the one who has born you again. Hallowed be your name. We know it. Let's read it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, and as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now in the account, the teaching when Jesus taught it concerning what Matthew wrote down, he adds, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. I say that because I want you to take note of something here. Before we move on, we're going to read a couple verses after this. What we see here, this very, very familiar prayer, I want you to have a new look at it. Concerning praying for others, concerning interceding, supplication, what the Bible calls it. Our job and responsibility to pray for one another, to pray for the church, to pray for the lost, to pray for the world, to pray for rulers and an authority, those in authority. Notice this. Let's look at it one more time. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Someone say your name. Say your kingdom and say your will. Now that we know it, let's say it one more time. Say your name, your kingdom, your will. Why do I point that out? Notice this, before we pray, give us, forgive us, lead us, and deliver us, we are required, demanded of, instructed to pray, your name, your kingdom, your will. Is there anything wrong with praying prayers to God and asking for something for ourselves? Not at all. Absolutely not. James 1.17 Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of changing. We can ask of Him and He gives good gifts. Amen. What does Jesus say in Matthew 6? Ask of the Father because he, he knows what you have need of before you even ask it. Amen. 
So ask Him for yourself. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I want you to see here, almost as a qualification, before we're to pray, Lord, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Before we get to that point of petitioning for us, we pray, Lord, your name, your kingdom, and your will be done in the earth. Your, your name, your will, and your kingdom be done in the earth. Now, let's keep reading. Verse 5. And Jesus said to them, Which of you shall have a friend, and go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. Verse 6. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door's now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. It makes me think of Laura. She is a planner. And we're already trying to plan out. Laura's already said, you know what? Because I'll just tell on myself. When I get sleepy, I'm good for nothing. There's about a point of time where it hits the clock and I'm just, it don't, I mean, I may still be physically moving, but I'm not there. And she said, I have a feeling every diaper that's dirty in the middle of the night and every, every time that baby has to be fed in the middle of the night, it will be all on me. And I said, no, I'll be there, baby. I'll be there. But she knows me all too well, right? We know our spouses all too well, don't we? Uh-oh. Lord, let a new work be done in me. That's what's happening here. This friend, this friend has someone come to him and he has nothing to give him. So he says, I know what, I'll go to my friend. This traveling friend has come into town and I've got nothing to give him. I'll go to my friend and I'll knock on his door. I'll knock on his door. Lord, hey friend, give me some bread. I've got a buddy, he just came into town and I've got nothing to give him. Now verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise and give this friend that he went to, to him because he is his friend, Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needs. What I want you to see is this. Jesus teaching us to pray. He taught us to pray your name, your kingdom, and your will. Then we pray, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. In the next portion of Scripture, we see Jesus teaches concerning prayer. Go to the Father and ask of bread for someone else. Can you see it? Five through eight. Here I am. I have nothing. When it comes right down to it, that's really where we have to get to. Yes, I am a child of God. Yes, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yes, the Holy Ghost is in me, baptizing me with His power, and you as well. But when it comes right down to it, what I have to give of myself is not enough. The world needs something not born of this earth, but born of heaven. The world needs not bread that I can bring to them, but bread that only God gives. And the intercessory prayer, praying the prayers for other people, what's intercession? Intercession is praying God's will on the behalf of others. Notice that. Verse 2, we pray your name, your kingdom, your will. Then verse 6, give me bread because I have nothing to give to someone else. Praying for other people. Intercession. What's intercession? It's praying on the behalf of others. It's getting something from the Lord to give out to someone else. 
And that is what this earth desperately needs. That's what the church desperately needs. That's what our church desperately needs. Our city and our county desperately needs is that people of God see their place in Christ and say, God will not withhold anything I ask from him. Now, Father, give me bread because I have nothing to give these people. I must have something from you to give out. Now, let's keep reading. Verse 9, same chapter. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. And seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And everyone who asks receives. He who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now notice again, here comes the bread again. Verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone or a fish? Will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then being evil, you then being natural, you then being humanly fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, someone say more, more. will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The second time we see this entire, these 13 verses, we see it. Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, I'll teach you how to pray. Pray to your Father in heaven. Pray His name. His kingdom, His will. Then pray for yourself. Why? Because you have to get bread for others. And the same Father that you're asking for bread for others, when you ask Him, He'll give you what you have need of as well. Intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer is praying God's will on the behalf of others. Intercessory prayer is asking God for heavenly bread. It's asking the Lord, Lord, let a work be done. In our church, in this church, in Gospel Tabernacle, let a work be done in the church of America, in the church of the nations, Lord. Let something be done that cannot be worked by human hands. Because here's the reality. Here we are in 2020. How have we gotten here? We've tried to do church apart from the Holy Spirit. As a whole, generally speaking. You know what? I'm all for wonderful buildings. Who's thankful for wonderful buildings? But there's nothing that the hands of men can create that will save people. It has to be but by the Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Ghost moving on someone. E.M. Bounds, a mighty man of God who ministered and was evangelist during the Civil War. Imagine that. Preaching full time while the nation itself was at war with one another. Sound familiar? And he said, God does not anoint buildings. He doesn't anoint ministries. He doesn't anoint uh, uh, faculties. He doesn't anoint titles. He anoints men and women. And that's what you and I have to be persistent in. We have to see a change take place. I, I have to have it. I'd rather die than not. I'd rather die than not. Seriously. I, I, what else? What, what, what's the reason? To know the fullness and the goodness of God and not see it take place in the earth. Oh, I understand there's much to be, there's much to be considered concerning the will of people. I get it. I understand that. You're not just going to pray a prayer today and then bam, you know, I pray in Jesus' name, let that person be saved and bam, it's done with. There's a working of things with God and a wrestling with their spirits because they have a human will. They have a free will. But there has to be a dramatic, drastic, Holy Ghost change 
in our county, in our state, in our nation, and in the earth. Because here's the simple reason. In fact, go ahead and turn with me. Isaiah 59. I need you to see this. I made this point when I was starting. And, all, and sometimes when I say it, people just, they look at you sideways. They say, what are you talking about? God can do anything He wants to do. He can, except lie. And if He has said, this is how I'll do it, this is how He'll do it. Amen. Now, I want you to see this. Intercession, praying for others, is standing in the gap. It's pleading on the behalf of others. It's praying for other people. Isaiah 59, 16, I want you to see this. This is eye-opening. Isaiah 59, 16. Isaiah's prophesying and he's speaking of the Lord of concerning what will take place concerning, the, uh, concerning Jesus and what He'll do with Israel. Verse 16, God saw that there was no man. Someone say, no man. And wondered that there was no intercessor. Someone say, no intercessor. Therefore, His own arm brought salvation for Him and His righteousness, it sustained Him. This is concerning, it's twofold. It's concerning Christ coming and bringing salvation, but it's also talking of what will take place when Christ will bring the end of what we know as, as end time events. The trib, after the rapture of the church, after the tribulation, the second coming of Christ. He's going to come in and defend the land which God made a covenant with Abraham about. Why? But when He does that, what takes place? Judgment on the earth. Judgment comes to the earth when God says, there is no man, there's no intercessor to stand in between me and the earth. God's looking and saying, I look and there is no man. There is no intercessor. So I'll do it myself. There's a time. There is a, we have only but a little bit of time. You might say, well, how long? Well, maybe the rapture takes place in 500 years. But I've only got so much time. You can, you can put it wherever, wherever it wants to be. But you and I only have so much time. The people we must see saved only have so much time. The people that are here on earth that believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we only have so much time to do the work of the Lord. Jesus said it plainly. He said, look, you've got to work while the sun's up. Because night's coming when no man works. And God's saying here, I looked and I didn't see an intercessor. I looked, there was none that was crying out on the behalf of others. So I came. You're in Isaiah, turn to 63, chapter 63. Isaiah 63, verse 5. I looked, but there was no one to help. Someone say, to help. And I wondered... That there was no one to uphold. Someone say, uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me. My own fury, it sustained me. God is looking for intercessors in the earth. God is looking for your prayers. God's looking for my prayers. God's looking for the prayers of the people of the Church of America. God's looking and listening for the prayers of the body of Christ in all the earth. In fact, it's, it's what the prophet said to King Asa, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord are looking all over the earth, to and fro, continually, 
to see someone whose heart is turned perfectly toward Him so that God can move mightily in that person's life. Amen. Who wants a mighty move of God in your life? Amen. Who wants a mighty move of God in this church? Amen. In the churches of, the, of America? In the churches across the land? Who wants to see mass evangelism of souls? Amen. God's looking for helpers. He's looking for interceders. He's looking for people, you and I, to pray. And we have to come to this place. If I don't pray the prayers, no one will. If I don't pray the prayers, who will? Who will pray the prayers? Who will stand in behalf? Who will stand in that gap? Who will stand in that gap between God and what He wants done in the earth and be the bridge of faith to believe and see God to come to bring everything to pass what He's desiring to bring to pass in your families, in our church, in my family, in our nation, and in the nations of the earth. God's looking for intercessors. He's looking for someone to stand in the gap. Turn, you're in Isaiah. Just turn two books over to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Ezekiel was the prophet of Israel. While they were in, there in judgment, they, they've been taken into captivity to Babylon. And here Ezekiel, he is there. He's receiving visions of God. He's ministering and, and prophesying the things of God. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Verse 31, Therefore I've poured out my indignation on them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have recompensed their deeds on their own hands, says the Lord of God. Notice that in verse 30. I looked for someone to make a wall. Your prayers build walls. Amen. We see that in the life of Job. Because he lived righteous before God, and it's amazing really when you think about it, because what we think is Job is probably the oldest recorded book there is. Obviously men before Job, but Job, here he is. He's got no Bible. Only testimonies of God. Only things that his fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers told him. Parents, teach your children well. Because even when they don't have the paper Bible before them, they can have it in, hidden in their hearts. And here's Job. He lived righteous before God. And Satan, he complained about it. Lord, there's a hedge around him. Your prayers can build hedges. You can stand in the gap. You've been empowered by the redeeming power of Christ as a new creation reality in the earth to declare the works of the Lord. To pray prayers for other people. To pray prayers for the body of Christ. To pray prayers for the winning of the lost. You are equipped. You are anointed. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you to anoint your mouth to speak faithful prayers so that God can hear it and do it. Amen. That's just the way God works on the earth. Don't deceive yourself. Hearing the word and not doing it. Because only those that do it will receive the blessing of it. Well, like, like it said, we read, it's like looking in a mirror. 
And then you leave and you forget what you look like. But of course, we know if we looked in the mirror, we all look really good. Amen. We just might not know exactly how far our nose is from our ear. But we know we look good in that right, Rick? A doing of the word brings the blessing of God. It's a covenant. And here he's saying, look, I look for someone to make a wall. I look for someone to create a gap. And, and, and look, I know this. I understand that. I understand this. We have prayed, prayed prayers, and many of us have seen miraculous answers. If you've seen miraculous answers of prayer, let me see your hand. Absolutely. God is a prayer answering God. Let's see more. Amen. Let's see more. Because here's the thing. People concerning, think about this, whether it's a reviving of the church, we need revival. Revelation 3, Lord, strengthen that which, is, which remains and revive that which is dead. There's some dead things that need to be revived. There's a strengthening that must take place. Look, I get it. It's not this isn't like, a, oh, man, I want to get up and jump, jump and run around the church three times. I understand it. But the, here's a call that God's making in the earth. Cry out unto me for others. And I'll hear it. I'll do it. God's arm is not too short to save. And that's the reality of it. Anything, anything else less than a true, genuine, supernatural work of God in the lives of people won't cut it. It won't cut it. It won't cut it. That's what, that's what the American church as a whole, again, I'm not trying to just, just tear down. I'm not. I'm not. But it's so burdensome in my heart when I see it. That's what's happened in our churches in America is that simply we have gotten to a point to where, you know, oh, that baptism of the Holy Ghost stuff. No, that ended with the last apostle when he died. Let me tell you something. God hadn't changed. Who believes God hasn't changed? Do you think Satan's changed? No, he's just as big as an idiot as he was when he came out of heaven. Do you think people have changed? I don't think people have changed. I just think they find new ways to be evil. And if I was dead in sin, I'd be finding new ways to be evil too. So, uh, someone, someone agree with me? So if God hadn't changed, people hadn't changed, and Satan hasn't changed, why would we need less power today than they needed in the book of Acts? We don't. We need more. That was their prayer. Lord, let us see even more. Let us understand even more. Let the eyes of our heart be opened up even more. Because to do church without the Holy Spirit, moving on the lives of ourselves and others, it's a vain thing. To witness, to share the gospel. Maybe you've done that, but you thought, man, it's like my words fell flat. To witness with the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your words will cut through. It'll cut through the hearts that are most hardened by sin. The work of the Holy Spirit is what must take place and does take place when we cry out prayers according to God's Word in the earth. Now, I want you to see this. We're talking about intercession is standing in the gap for people. It's pleading on the behalf of others. Intercession is co-laboring. Someone say co-laboring. What does that mean? That means working with. Praying for other people is working with God. Turn to John 15, 16. See what Jesus said about it. John chapter 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. Jesus said this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. 
that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. I've chosen you. I've sent you forth to bear fruit, to bear prayer fruit, to bear all kinds of fruit. But there is a type of fruit that God desires most in the earth. It's the fruit of souls. It's the saving of men and women and boys and girls. It is an eternal thing. Notice this in verse 16. You did not chose me. I chose you and appointed to you that you should go bear fruit. Now notice, and that your fruit should remain. He's looking for fruit in the earth and fruit that will remain. He's looking for fruit that will come about and be there for its entirety, for the length of its days, for an eternal work. Now you see that, that word fruit. Look at James 5 as I make this point. So we'll, we'll just see it clearly. James 5 verse 7. There's all kinds of prayer fruits. Really all that word fruit means is something that we receive, right? If you plant a seed, it bears forth fruit. The fruit is what you receive based on the work of planting the seed, of tending it, of growing it. Or well, you don't do the growing, but you do the tending and the fertilizing and the watering. And then it brings forth something. So there's all kind of fruit that prayer can bring forth. But the fruit that God desires the most is the fruit of precious souls. James 5 verse 7, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Someone say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The clock is ticking. And what is our goal? Get as many people saved as possible and keep them saved and we all get to heaven. Verse 7, Brethren, until the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. The Lord God is the husbandman. He is the farmer. We see that in John 15. He's the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And this praying for others, what we're desiring to see, a reviving of the body of Christ in the earth. Because here, you know, you get to it where, again, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm as, I'm, I'm as word of faith as you can get. I'm as bold and desiring of the Holy Spirit as you can get. I mean, I believe it. You can't get too, you can't get too, quote unquote, out there for me. Amen. I, if it's the work of the Lord, let it be done. Well, that looks weird. Well, honey, if normal is what I'm seeing on the news stations and when I'm walking around in the grocery stores here and there, if that's normal, let me be far from it. Let Count me weirdest of the weird. Paul said he was the chiefest of sinners. Let me be the chiefest of weird. If, if, if Holy Ghost filled, prayer, praying prayers that are answered, being bold and standing on the word of God and prospering with the Lord and being like Enoch, walking with God. Hmm. If that's weird, let me be the chiefest of them. How about you? Amen. And so the Lord is looking, he's desiring, he's waiting for a fruit in the earth. He's waiting for a saving of souls. He's waiting for a spirit, a spirit work to take place in his church. And some people might say, well, you know, that's just the way things go. It's coming to the end of the times and everything's going to get worse, 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 and worse. Sin does 
devolve. You know, some schools, they teach evolution, where we were nothing and came up into something. But the reality is sin takes something and crumbles it into nothing. And that's what happens to humanity. But the Lord Jesus Christ is coming for a triumphant church. And He said, be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. So when I see what is in my Bible, He's overcome the world, and I hear what the voices of the earth say, I say, it can't be. Because I have the victory in Christ Jesus. And, all, and Satan will jump up and shout, and he'll sing hallelujah when the Lord Jesus raptures the church. Because he'll say, finally, they wouldn't let me do anything on the earth. Let's keep it that way. Binding his works. Saving, seeing people saved. And praying prayers for one another. Now, see this once more. Verse 7. See how the farmer waits for the precious what? Fruit of the earth. Now, turn with me to John 4. To sum this up. When you pray your ministry of prayer, you have a ministry of prayer. You have a responsibility to pray. I have a responsibility of pray, to pray. Who is it that should pray, AJ? Anyone that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, uh, well, AJ, you know, I know, uh, do I have that ministry of intercession? Yes, if you believe on Jesus. If Jesus is your Lord, you're required to pray for other people. Because God wants you to work with Him. He's waiting for fruit on the earth, precious fruit. Now, John 4, verse 36 is the main one I want you to see, but we'll probably start at 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Do you not say that there's still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. For they're already white for harvest. Verse 36. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That he who both sows, he reaps, may rejoice together. For this is the saying is true. One sows and to another reaps. Verse 38. I sent you to reap that which you have not labored. And others have labored and you've entered into their labors. Praying for one another, praying for the lost, praying for our families, praying for our church, praying for the body of Christ, the church in South Carolina and, and our nation and the nations of the earth, praying for the lost, praying for open doors of evangelism. That is laboring with God. And how long do you labor until there's no longer time to labor? In the book of Amos, Amos sees several visions. And he sees that one of the visions concerning Israel is, God tells him Israel is, is like a summer basket of ripened fruit. Who's ever picked, oh, I don't know, peaches. Peaches are a soft fruit. You ever pick peaches? They're real soft. In fact, if they get too ripe, you can't even eat them. They'll just fall apart. And, and God told Amos, because of the sins of Israel... They have gotten to the point where they look like good fruit, but they're sitting in that basket. They're soft and mushy and rotting. And God's saying, their time has passed over as a nation. God, let not the time of America be passed over as a nation. I mean, that, it breaks my heart to say that out loud. But that's a prayer. God, have mercy. 
Here's a startling thing. Why, you know, I mean, we've already said a few things, right? But here's a startling thing to think about. And I was just talking to Pastor. I was talking to Dad about it a few, few months ago. I said, Dad, I, I guess I never really thought about it because I've heard different teachings and things. And, and not that anyone was ever said it point blank, but maybe it was subconscious. Maybe it was just something in the back of people's minds. Maybe it was always in the back of my mind. But whenever I heard about there has to be a reviving of the body of Christ, a winning of souls, because the rapture of the Lord's coming, I guess I just always thought maybe this is what people do in any nation they're in, but I always thought, well, in America, one of the two will happen. Either there will be a revival or Jesus will rapture us. But what if there's destruction of the nation before the rapture comes? God's not bound to one nation. He's not bound to one city. Turn to Genesis 18. It's an amazing thing when you read here in Genesis 18. God comes to speak to Abraham. It literally happens. It's not an apparition. It's not a vision. God is there. Moses did it. Said that Moses spoke to God as a man face to face. Changes some pe I know it really wrecks some people's theology. But I'd just rather stick with the Bible. So here are God speaking to Abraham. God has come to the earth because He has heard reports of two nation cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 17 of chapter 18, Genesis 18, The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Be honest with yourself. In times of prayer, times of resting in the presence of the Lord, in times of reading the Word, is there something on the inside of you that's crying out to God knowing that, Lord... My city, my state, my nation, something has to take place, God. Something has to take place. I know it's in mine. I know it's in yours. That's why the Lord's put it on our hearts to see this. Shall I hide the thing that I'm going to do from Abraham? The Lord won't hide from you what He desires to do in the earth. He's revealed it in His Word. In fact, He said... Concerning the prophets, he said, I always reveal what I'm going to do in the earth in Amos 3.7. I first speak it to my servants. How many serve God today? I'm going to speak it first to my servants before I do something in the earth. And God's saying, how can I hide this from Abraham of what I'm about to do? Considering he's going to become a great nation. He's going to bless people. Now notice this. Verse 20 and the Lord said to Abraham, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grave. He's telling Abraham, I'm going to go down now and see whether they've done all together according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Now, verse 23, notice this. This is a literal example of you praying for other people. And Abraham came near. You want to be close to God? Pray for others. Sure, when you pray for yourself, you're near to God. But your name, your kingdom, your will 
come into the presence of the Lord, crying out on the behalf of others, Lord, I need bread because what I have won't fix their problems. It won't fix my problems. I must have spiritual bread. Now notice this. Abraham came near and said, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham entreated God. Abraham went before the Lord and said, Lord, I know your nature. You defend the righteous. Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now, you know the story. If you're not, there's your homework. Read through it. But Abraham goes through a series of petitions. Lord, if there's only 50, will you destroy these two city nations? If there's 50 righteous, no, Abraham, I will not do it. I won't do it. I'll withhold judgment. I'll stop. Notice this. I won't do what I plan to do because you have asked me. Abraham was building a wall, standing in the gap because his nephew was there. But also he knew the nature of God. Lord, can you judge the righteous with the wicked? That's prayers we must pray even now. Lord, I realize a lot of things are happening. A lot of wickedness is taking place. But God, can you judge the righteous with the wicked? Withhold judgment, Father. For a season and a time, give us mercy for just a little bit more time so we can see more people saved. Because when night comes, it's over. And Abraham says, well, what about 45? Yeah, I want to do it for 45. 40, 30, 20, down to 10. Well, surely, and it's, it's amazing. Look at this. Verse 20, 27. I love this. Then Abraham answered and said, indeed now, I I who am but dust and ashes. I'm just a human father. Take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. What a vivid, wonderful, holy example of praying for other people. Amen. God, I'm not coming to you because I'm somebody. Oh, I'm, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You've marked me with your mark. You've given me your name. I'm in covenant with you. But when it's all said and done, I am the recipient of your overwhelming grace. And I stand before you as dust and ashes. And I've taken it upon myself to speak to you, God, on the behalf of these people. And he goes on and he gets down finally to 10. Now notice this. Verse 33 of that same chapter. So the Lord went his way as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. But that's not the end of the story. Verse 29 of chapter 19. This is powerful. You can't not see this after seeing all what Abraham has spoken to God. He's interceding. He's making petitions, making requests. God, I'm standing before you as a man, crying out on the behalf of these people. Sure, there's some that deserve judgment, just like we all did when we were dead in sin. Amen? But I'm crying out on the behalf of the righteous. Now, verse 29 of 19, And it came to pass when God destroyed. Unfortunately, there wasn't ten. There wasn't ten. There's a, there's a minister named Mario Murillo, and he wrote a book called Reaching Critical Mass. It's where we're going to end concerning 2 Chronicles 7.14. It's where we'll end today in just one second, so hold on with me. And he wrote this book called Reaching Critical Mass. And basically it talks about this. There has to be a mass, a substantive mass in the earth of believing people. Because if not, God sees that I cannot let wickedness just run rampant forever. It has to come to an end. 
Because God's desire is that all men be saved. Because He knows that sin torments, kills, destroys, and eventually will put a soul into hell for eternity. And what does He want to do? See multiplied millions continue bringing forth more people into the earth just to go to hell? Because unless there's someone to share the gospel, to speak the gospel, and to pray for the hearts of men, there can't be a working of the Spirit in the earth. He has bound Himself to work through His people. Now notice this, verse 29, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities. It's sad. It took place. It happened. Of the plain that God remembered. Someone shout, remembered. Abraham. He remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. God moved on Lot's behalf, who was not righteous. He vexed his righteous soul by being surrounded by wickedness. That's called backsliding. But because of what God did, because of what Abraham prayed, God moved on Lot's behalf because of Abraham. The Lord will move in the earth on behalf of others because of what you pray. There are, we are here today because someone prayed us into the kingdom. Yes, we received because we believed when we heard the gospel. But the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ must be preached and it must be prayed. Amen. And the two come together as a working of the Spirit in the, in the earth. And we're here today. And we've been kept today. We've been protected today because of the prayers of other people prayed for us. How many are thankful someone prayed for you? Someone got bread from heaven because you and I didn't have any bread. And they went to, to the Father when he, when, and, and they asked, Lord, I need some bread. And He didn't say, here's a stone. Lord, I need some bread. Well, here's a, here, I need a fish. Here's a snake. My goodness. Who likes snakes? I don't care for snakes. Anyone like snakes? Like, oh. I need an egg. I like two eggs sunny side up, not scorpions sunny side up. No, someone went to the Father and said, Lord, I have to have bread. I have to see this done on the behalf of someone else. Amen. Now, this is where we're going to end today in what we're discussing. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. There's so much to be said about this. I mean, you know, I've not even touched it. But I was thinking about this. You know, when does, inter, when, does, when does your prayer ministry, when does my prayer ministry for praying for other people, praying for the church, praying for the lost, when does it end? When we're no longer on the earth. There will always be prayers to be prayed. You might think, well, what if we got everyone saved and everyone was just on fire for God? Well, we'll pray those same prayers that Paul wrote in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. Lord, open our eyes of our understanding. Because even, even though what may seem so glorious to our natural minds now, or our renewed minds now, is nothing but a glimmer and a taste of what more you can do in us. Second Chronicles 7.14 You've heard this before. And before we read it, let me, let me preface it with this so we're all on the same page. David was a man after God's own heart. He loved God. God loved him. And, God, and David said, I want to build a house for you. David, here he is, he's blessed, he's in his home. And he said, Lord, I'm in this wonderful, beautiful home. And you are in the tabernacle. 
which has been here since when, when they came out of Egypt, when they created that tabernacle by the design that you gave Moses. I want to build you a house. Of course, God reminds him, I don't fit in houses. But David, what he said is, I want to do something to show you how much I love you, God. And God tells David, look, you're a man of war, you're a man of blood. But I'll fulfill your request through your children. How many would like to know that if you have children and grandchildren, the things that maybe you didn't get accomplished on the earth, they'll do it because God will empower them to do it. How many? That's what a good parent desires. Amen. Well, Lord, maybe I didn't get to it, but bless my children. Bless my grandchildren. Bless the children of our church, the children of the body of Christ. Let them do more in their generation than what was done before them. That's what David, that's what David experienced. He said, I'm going to let Solomon build this temple. Solomon builds this temple. It's the greatest thing ever. These people who get upset when Christians prosper, they would have, their heads would have exploded if they saw the temple of Solomon. They think, oh, wow, he lives in a big house. I mean, you haven't seen it. It ain't plated with gold. The walls aren't gold like the temple was. My goodness. So he builds this house. And Solomon prays this prayer. And he says, Lord, I know that you can't fit in the house. We didn't build a house to hold you. We've built this place to be a place that we can come and worship you with. We built this place as a place where we can come and engage spiritually, soul, soulishly, and physically so we can come to a point and consecrate and say, we will worship God here. And we want this to be a place where we can commune with you. That was his prayer. Notice he was praying for the, the whole nation. Lord, do this for us. Now, verse 14 is the answer to the prayer. In fact, verse 12, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Uh-oh. I better learn how to wake up real quick, not just for the baby's sake, but the Lord might want to say something. Amen? The Lord may appear to you by night. He may talk to you in the morning. Whatever it is, whatever time, just have your ears open. Amen? And God answers this prayer to Solomon. Verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Let that be done in our land. Let that be done in the nation of America. Let that be done in South Carolina. Let that be done in Lawrence County. Let that be done in the nations of the earth. Let there be a healing of the land. Let there be a forgiving of the sins. Let there be a reviving of the work of the Lord. Now notice this verse, just as we're coming to a close here, just set your heart on it. If my people, notice, not if the whole nation. Lord, will, the, will you judge the righteous with the wicked? If my people who are called by my name, the state of the nation, rest upon the church that is in that nation. To be a restrainer of wickedness and a proclaimer of righteousness. If my people, not if everyone, not if the wicked, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. How more humble can it be? I need bread. Someone just came out of town and I ain't got nothing to give them. Please, please, please give me something. I've got to bring something back to them. I don't have anything. When you go before the Lord, Lord, I need something done in me on the behalf of others that I can't do. 
I need the work of the Holy Spirit moving in me on the behalf of others that can't be done by myself. If you'll humble yourself, the book of James says that if you will humble yourself, God will lift you up. But if we stand in pride, He will tr crush us in the powder. Let the work that needs to be done be done by the work of the Holy Spirit through us. But what we do is not enough. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Look, it takes humility, but Daniel did it. He prayed prayers on behalf of his nation and asked God for forgiveness of his nation. It's not that we engage in the sin with the nation, but we're petitioning and asking God, Lord, forgive us of our sins as a nation. It's what Jesus did on the cross. What are those words that were burned in our heart the first time we ever heard them? Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. There must be a continual, persistent prayer for our nation, for our state, for our county, for our city. Because look, here's the thing. We can act like, well, man, what I saw taking place, my goodness. I saw in California they're reducing, reducing the penalty for, let me say this, I don't want to be crude, reducing the penalty for sexual acts with willing children. There's no such thing as a willing child. Is that not a stench in the nostril of God? It's our nation. And let's not think just because it's 3,000 miles away physically, those same devils aren't wanting to do that in little Lawrence, South Carolina. There has to be a crying out. Lord, we need bread. People are starving spiritually. We need bread. 88% of Christians that were polled say, yeah, keep the door shut. We need bread. People are saying, well, I don't like you because you're white. Well, I don't like you because you're black. We need bread. Amen. You know, I mean, it's just nonsense. Satan will use anything. He's got no new tricks. Amen. He'll use anything he can to divide and destroy and to kill and steal and destroy. Amen. But what did Jesus tell us to do? Watch and pray. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying in the Spirit. Watching and praying unto all perseverance for all saints. Don't quit doing it. Stay and grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of the work of the Holy Spirit in you and begin to cry out, Lord, there has to be a change in my church. There has to be a change in the body of Christ in our county, in our state, in our nation. There has to be a moving of God take place in the land. There has to be a healing of the land, a forgiving of the sin so that some might be saved. Miss Helen, will you please come? Look, I understand we have time constraints concerning different things. I realize that. But what we're doing today is a spiritual thing that people's eternities rest on what we will petition God right now. 
How foolish would it be for me to try to stir up our spirits to believe what God has said concerning praying for other people and we not do it? Got a baby on the way. We all already know that, right? I mean, imagine how much more I'm going to talk about her when she's here. She's still in my wife's womb and I won't be quiet about her. And so what am I selling? I'm selling that beautiful little red Jeep I've got. I had a man come out and look at that red Jeep. Oh, man, it looked good. I told Laura, it's a shame. It's the best it's ever looked, and I have it for sale. But sometimes that's how it works out, I guess. What if I told him I told him everything that was right with it and everything that was wrong? But what if I did all that, described it, told him exactly what it was, and then uh, didn't let him test drive it, didn't let him get in and experience it? It has to be more than a knowing. We know we should pray. Well, I don't have time. We don't have time not to. There'll be people in hell crying out. There'll be people in heaven crying out, Lord, if I only knew, I would have done more. Let the crying out take place now before the other side of eternity. This is what we're going to do. It's very simple. Right here, there, I've, I've, it's the same prayer card that I created that I texted to everyone. If you rather have paper, there's some here on the front pew. There's some on the very back. Miss Helen's just going to pray. She's anointed to play the piano. Amen. She's just going to play a little bit. And what I want us to do is not sit here quietly. You can do whatever you want to do. If you want to sit, sit. You want to kneel, kneel. You want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to walk, you can walk. Just don't be a distraction. Amen. Be in the Spirit. Amen. Whatever you want to do. But what we're going to do is this. We're going to dedicate some time to pray out for our cities and our nation and for our church because God is listening for your prayers. You need to use the God, use the God. You want to open your Bible, use the Bible. It doesn't matter. But for the next few minutes, will you do that with me? Will you do it for the souls of people? Will you do it for the state of the body of Christ? Will you ask for bread? Wherever you're at, go ahead and do whatever you need to do. Just go ahead and make yourself comfortable and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we're crying out, God, give us bread, Father. Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers, Father God. Lord, we thank you you hear our prayers. Lord, we're asking, we're standing in the gap, Father. Even now, we're standing in the gap, God. Even now, we're standing in the gap for our nation, Father God. Let there be a reviving of your work, Father God. Let there be a working of the Spirit, Father God, in our church, Father God. Wherever you're at, people of God, just cry out before the Lord. Begin to let Him hear your voice. Petition the Lord. Get in a place with God to ask of Him for the things of men. Don't sit there quietly. Pray out loud. Let Him hear your voice. Pray by faith knowing He'll hear and answer. Father, we pray knowing that You're the prayer answering God. You're the prayer answering God, Father. Let there be a convicting by the ministry of the Holy Ghost, Father God. Convict, Lord, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment, Father. Let souls be saved, Father. We, we ask for souls. Lord, your word says, ask of me and I will give you an inheritance of the nations. Give us souls, Father God. 
Give us souls, Lord. Give us souls, Father. You have strengthened us to prepare a place for 600 people, God. Give us 600 people in this church. Fill the churches of Lawrence County, Father God. Let the empty seats no longer mock us, God. Holy Spirit, help us. You help us make intercession. Pray through us with groanings. Pray through us with prayers of fire. Pray through us with faithful prayers. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. Lord, we lift up the body of Christ. Open the eyes of our understanding, God. Open the eyes of our understanding, Lord. Open the eyes that we might see and know the riches of your glory. We might see and know the hope of your calling. We might see and know the exceeding great power working in us, for us, by us, through you, by us, Father God. Lift up a cry, people. Lift up a cry, church of God. Lord, let it be a work be done by the Holy Ghost. Lord, it is not by our might. It's not by our power. It's by your Spirit, says the Lord. Let a work of the Spirit take place in Lawrence County. Let a work of reviving take place in the church of Lawrence County. Let a work of the Spirit take place in, a, in our church, Father God. In the body of Christ of South Carolina in the body of Christ of our nation, Father. Let a work of the Spirit take place in the earth, Father God. We ask for rain in the time of rain, Father. We're asking for rain in the time of rain. Let there be rain, God. Lord, we cannot watch destruction come on a people. As Amos said, Lord, if judgment comes, we're too small to survive, God. We're too small. Let judgment not come, God. Withhold for a season that there may be a harvest of souls, God. Give us souls, God. Give us souls, Father. Make us fishers of men. Give us eternal fruit, God. Give us the precious fruit of the earth that you're waiting for, the husband of the earth. Lord, impart unto us spiritual gifts. Impart unto the body of Christ spiritual gifts. Let us move by the Holy Ghost. Let us see signs, miracles, and wonders. Lord, give us gifts of healings, gift of miracles, gift of faith, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues and interpreting, prophesying, Hallelujah. Give us apostles and prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, Lord. Equip the body. Equip the body. Edify the body, Father. Impart unto us a good spiritual work, God. Impart unto us gifts of the Holy Ghost. Lord, let us, let us dwell in the riches of your love, Father. Let us dwell in the riches of your love. Let us dwell in your spirit, Father God. Engraft in us, Father God, your love. Let your love flow through us. Let Christ dwell in us richly, God. Let Christ dwell in us richly, God. Let Christ dwell in us richly, Father God. Lord, we thank you you're answering our prayers. We thank you for a 
move of God in Lawrence County. We thank you for a move in our state, Lord. We, we yield and humble ourselves, Lord. It's nothing we can do of our own strength, God. What can we do, Father? We must have bread from heaven, God. We must have bread, Father God. Give unto us even now, God. Give even unto us now, Lord. We thank you for the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us give bread to men, Father. Help us give bread to lost souls. Pruturise, fitirabashamatela sata, hororosentelede. Sanctify us by your truth, Lord. Sanctify us by your word, Lord. Let not the wicked deeds of sin be found among the people of God. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Forgive us of the sin of prayerlessness. Forgive us for not praying out, Father. Forgive us for the sin of apathy and not caring, God. Forgive us of the sin of not being bold, Father God. We turn ourselves to You. We seek Your face, God. Let a work be done even now, God. Even now we receive it, O oh God. Even now we receive it. Let a healing of the land take place. are bowed and your eyes are closed in the holiness of this moment. In the holiness of this moment. With the presence of God in this place. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Not because this is quote unquote the end of the prayer, the end of the service. Let us pray this prayer to pray in unity so that it is even now as it was in the days of Acts, the book of Acts, Acts 4, and when they prayed, the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God boldly. In the holiness of this moment, pray this prayer with me, not because it's an end, but a beginning of a work that is taking place even now. Pray this prayer with me, say, Father, I thank you that you answer my prayers because of Jesus, of his precious work, of his precious blood and his mighty name. I can ask whatever I desire and you give it to me. So, Lord, the supreme desire of my heart is this. Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray for men. Teach me to pray for the people of the earth. Teach me to pray for the body of Christ. Teach me to pray 
for others. And as I pray, I thank you. You're working your will. You're building your church. You're establishing your kingdom in earth, even as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.